0: Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com When I was eight years old, I went on a family holiday to Portugal. Now, we went with a load of kind of family friends. There was a swimming pool, there was sun, all my friends were there. It was everything you could possibly want as an eight year old. Now, this may not surprise some of you, uh, but something you need to know about eight year old James is he could have been quite stubborn at times. I've got a bit of a picture here to demonstrate for you. When I didn't get my own way, I was not a happy bunny. Um, now I'm kind of 28, I've renamed it sort of persistence, because that sounds a little bit better. But certainly when I was younger, I could be quite grumpy if I didn't get my own way. Um, And the other thing you need to know about eight-year-old James is that I loved food. And the same in my 20s is still very true. If you ever need to manipulate me in any way, a meal is the way to do it. Um, I will pretty much do whatever you want for free food. Um, Nothing has changed. And I especially loved jacket potatoes. Jacket potatoes were the creme de la creme of a meal. Uh, I was a big, big fan. Um, And as we were coming to the end of our holiday in Portugal, we got an opportunity to go swimming with dolphins. Now, I'm sure this is exactly what it looks like when you go swimming with dolphins. Uh, I'm sure that's exactly what it's like. And it's the kind of treat from the parents. We normally did just kind of camping holidays for most of my childhood in the Peak District and so forth. So this was the big treat. Everyone was so excited. All the kids were going. It was the moment that we were kind of all building up to. And I was really, really excited because, you know, swimming with dolphins, I mean, now there's probably a lot of ethical questions. But 20 years ago, when you're eight, you don't care about that sort of stuff. You're just, it's like Christmas has come early. And I was so, so excited until the morning that we were meant to go. And we were one of those kind of apartment complex type places, you know, where you go for like shared breakfast and dinner and that sort of stuff. And I went in for my breakfast and I saw on the lunch menu that day, there was jacket potatoes for lunch. And so little eight-year-old me has got a bit of a dilemma, okay? On one hand, I could have gone swimming with dolphins, <laughs> but on the other hand, there was jack potato and cheese and beans for lunch. What does little eight-year-old me do? It probably doesn't surprise you that my decision-making skills aren't always fantastic. Um, when all the other kids were leaving to go on the trip, I decided to throw a strop. I had a bit of a meltdown. My poor mom, bless her, had to stay behind Well, everyone else... Went to go swim with dolphins. I stayed behind because I was insistent that I wanted my jacket potato for my lunch. And I'll be honest, I don't really remember much of the story. Most of it comes from my mum's telling. Uh, But I do remember crystal clear the feeling when everyone else got home. And they were so excited. They were buzzed. And they had all the photos. uh, And they were showing me all the stuff that had happened. And someone had been poked by the dolphin and all that sort of stuff. And I remember just having this horrendous feeling of, oh, I have missed out. I have really, really made the poor decision here. I have missed out on something so much better. And at the time, you know, I was so happy with my jacket potato with cheese and beans. It's a great topping. Uh, But I realised I had missed out. I'm going to come back to that because this is our first Sunday at CCM Reddish. You know what to do? There we go. Uh, Our first Sunday at CCM Reddish. And one of the things that we've been doing as a community group, over the last kind of couple of months, really, since we've been meeting in September, is we sat down over a couple of evenings and we got a load of sticky notes out and we prayed and we read the Bible together and we tried to sort of come up with what we thought it meant to be a church. And we came up with the hallmarks of actually, what do we want to be as a church community? Who do we want to be? What is important? And I am really excited that over the next nine weeks, we're going to be preaching through those things. So we've collected them into themes, uh, and we're going to be looking essentially at the DNA of what is going to make up CCM Reddish. Who do we want to be? It's not going to be complicated, I promise. They're all going to be really, really simple. Um, And this morning, we are going to look at discipleship. Now, discipleship is quite a churchy word. It's probably not a word anyone really uses in their day-to-day lives, I imagine. Uh, I don't know what sort of lives you have. Um, But what we're going to look at is why it's important. Why is it important to us as a community? Now, some of you may have never heard the word before, so I thought it'd be helpful. We'll start with a definition. And I did what all wise and deep theological preachers do, and I googled it. Um, And this is what Google tells me the definition of a disciple is. It's this, a disciple is someone who follows the teachings, life and aims of another until the person becomes like the master. So essentially a disciple is a student, they're a follower, they're an apprentice. There's lots of words that we could use, but they're trying to learn from someone. But they're not just trying to learn, they're trying to learn and put that into practice. They want to become like. So they want to listen to what that person listens to. They want to do what that person does. They want to focus on what they focus on. They want to think as they think. They really want to become that person. Now, you could be, if you wanted, a disciple of anyone. Um, clearly, you'll probably have seen in the news recently, we have a lot of people who probably are disciples of politicians. Um, there are disciples of Justin Bieber that have their own name called believers. Uh, And I went down a real internet rabbit hole as I was uh, doing some research on this uh, and discovered that some of those believers, they'll pay like £600 for a water bottle that he's drank out of. Or they'll get like a tattoo of Justin Bieber's face on their chest. Or they'll get plastic surgery to look more like him. It is absolutely bonkers. But in a weird way, that's kind of discipleship. You could be a disciple of anyone you wanted to, whether it's Justin Bieber, whether it's your mate down the road. You could be, if you wanted, a disciple of James Adams, but that would be a terrible idea, an absolutely terrible idea. Um, And the smart thing to do would be to become a disciple of someone who was truly perfect. Now, it's quite an easy question because we're in church on a Sunday morning, but does anyone know who I'm going to go for here? It's not Jack Hinton. I'm so sorry. You can put your hands up. It's not you. Anyone want to take a guess who we're going to go for this morning? Thank you. You don't get a prize because, you know, it's the obvious It's the obvious answer. Um, but if you're new church to, uh, to church this morning, um, as Christians, we're disciples, we're followers, we're apprentices, we're students. Whatever word you want to use of a man called Jesus Christ. Now, he is the son of God. Uh, he came to earth. He lived a perfect life. And he came to die so that we who are very much not perfect actually could come back into relationship with him that we could be forgiven for all the mess that we have made. Um, And mind-blowingly, Jesus isn't just the Son of God, he is also God. Uh, Now, it's quite a difficult concept to get your head around. It's kind of like the same way that water is still water, even when it's steam or it's ice. It's still the same molecules, it just is in a different form. And in the same way, Jesus isn't just the Son of God, he is God. So that means Jesus is the one who flung the stars into the space. He's the one who knitted you together in your mother's womb. He made every single cell in your body. And when he lived on this earth, his life was perfect, and I mean perfect. So he lived in perfect relationships, he had perfect wisdom, but also he was perfectly content. How many of us can say that we are perfectly content all the time? He really does sound like the sort of person that I want to become like, that I want to become a follower of. And the question we're going to look at this morning is, how do we do that? Um, Now, I was a little bit selfish, because I got to choose all the preaching topics. So I chose myself the easiest topic, because my Bible passage only has 11 words. Um, So I thought, I'll allocate the difficult ones to everyone else, and I'll do the easy one myself. So I want us to look at um, quite a straightforward passage, really. It's going to be John 8, and we're going to look at verse 31, if we can bring it up. Um, And John 8, verse 31, very simply says this. It says, if you hold to my teaching... You really are my disciples. And what I didn't want to do this morning was overcomplicate it. Essentially, that is it in a nutshell. That's what we want to do at CCM Reddish. You're know, you going to hear people saying things like, we want to make disciples. And what we mean by that is that we don't just want to listen to Jesus. What we want to do is we want to learn from Jesus. We want to listen and then put it into practice. We want to become more like him. And you may well be sitting there this morning um, thinking, that all sounds great. But you know what, they're Christians. Um, they're stood at the front and they kind of have to say that they want to be like Jesus. You know, they used to have those little cool, what would Jesus do, wristbands. I don't know if anyone had one of those. I definitely had one of those as a teenager. I was that cool. Um, but why, why is this for me? Why should I care? Why can't I just turn up on a Sunday, maybe listen uh, to the preach, maybe sing some songs and then go home and do life the way I want to? And you know what, I think that's a very fair question. And so let's look, why why is it so important? And this is where it is linked to potatoes. Um, It may surprise you that the gospel is linked to potatoes, but it is. Um, Stupid eight-year-old James was so buzzed about his jacket potato. I cannot tell you how excited I was about my jacket potato with cheese and beans. Uh, There is videos of me as a kid when I get jacket potatoes. It is just ridiculous. But eight-year-old me had no idea. No idea at all what he was missing out on. And actually, it was only till it was just way too late when I came home and everyone else was so pumped about their trip. And they had the photos and they were sharing the experience that it hit me of, oh, I really chose the wrong option. I have really missed out here. And if you're not familiar with it, the Bible talks about Jesus coming to give us life and life in all its fullness. That means complete peace, contentment. It means joy. And I think so many of us, I don't know about you, but I know certainly for me, can settle for a kind of mediocre version of that. A halfway house. You know, maybe the fullness, the joy, the peace, the contentment isn't what life feels like for you right now. Maybe you've been a part of church for a long time and you know in your head that God is your rock. But in our hearts sometimes it just doesn't feel like we've got a firm foundation. It's kind of one struggle to another, whether that's finances or work or anxiety, hurt, upset. I don't know if anyone can relate to that this morning. And there's another very, very famous verse in the Bible that's quoted an awful lot. uh, lot. It's from Philippians 4 verse 13. And it says these words. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I don't want to be too controversial on our first Sunday, but I think... Often this is probably one of the verses in the Bible that is taken out of context more than any other. Um, I think sometimes we can read verses like this and we treat it as if oh, all we need to do is pray a prayer or we just have to be Christians. We read that verse and we'll we'll be able to run a marathon or we'll just smash that job interview. Or actually we'll be able to go through a really difficult time where stuff is really tough and we'll just be absolutely fine because we can do all things. And I don't think it works like that. I don't think it's a click that you just become a Christian everything's magically okay. Um, And what I want us to do is just look at the um, verse that Paul writes just before these words in verse 12. He says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I read those words and I think, oh, I want that. I want to be able to handle anything that this world can throw at me. And I want that contentment. I want to know that no matter what my circumstances, I'm going to be at peace. I'm going to feel joy. I'm going to know where my hope is. I want that true contentment. And Paul's alluding here to the secret of how we get that, how we get that life and life in all its fullness. Actually, it's a learn process. Paul has gone through a learning process. To discover this he's learned to discover this secret how do we do that it's by growing our faith how do we grow our faith that's discipleship holding to Jesus's teachings and putting them into practice I came across um, one of the sort of ancient proverb type things which I really really love it says these words it says knowledge is just a rumor until it lives in a muscle I'll say again knowledge is just a rumor until it lives in a muscle and you know what that is so true We can't grow our faith just by knowing stuff. Um, We can't grow faith just by coming to church and just listening and having head knowledge on its own. That knowledge is useless until we do something about it and we apply it into our lives. And in a nutshell, that's discipleship. And that's what we're excited to do as we start a new church plan, as we go forward. We don't want to get bogged down with the practicalities of doing rotors and making sure that we've ticked this box and sorted that. That's not what we want to be about. What we want to be about is seeking this life and life in all its fullness for ourselves, each other, this community, because we know that's what Jesus can give us. There's another um, analogy that I really, really love. It's the famous kind of story about the man who comes to the edge of a great abyss, a great canyon. And he stands there and he looks out across this canyon and he sees a tightrope stretched across it. And out of the darkness there comes an acrobat and he's pushing a wheelbarrow along this tightrope and there's another person in the wheelbarrow and they're going along and they're so graceful along the line, it looks so dangerous but they just seem to make it look so easy and they get to solid ground and the man's like, whoa, that was amazing, that was incredible and the acrobat turns to him and says, do you believe that I can do it again? And the man's like, yeah, of course, of course. So he says, okay, great. And him and his his friend, they go back out on the wheelbarrow and they go out along this tightrope. And it's amazing, it's so dangerous, but they make it look so graceful. And they come back and they get to land and they're like, do you believe I can do it again? And the man's like, yeah, of course. So the acrobat says, okay, get in the wheelbarrow. And all of a sudden, the man is not quite so sure. You know, his head knowledge and what he said made no difference to what he did. And we want to be a church that isn't just here to, you know, fill heads with knowledge. We don't just want to talk about faith because on their own, that is completely pointless. We want to learn to live it. We want to learn to get in the wheelbarrow and go out. And that's why we're excited to be planting in Reddish, excited to be planting in this community. We want to learn to love God and love people, not just because we should, but because we know learning to do that. Learning to be disciples will help us unlock that life and life in all its fullness. That contentment, that peace, that joy that we all long for. We want to unlock that for ourselves and each other. But also we are coming to this community and we're planting here because we know there is so much brokenness. All of us have so much brokenness inside of us. And we want this community to have that as well. You know, we want to love them by saying, actually, you can have this life. You can have this eternity of fullness too. And that's why we want to come here and we want to go out. That's why we want to be disciples and we want to make new disciples. I just want to share with you one more verse, if that's okay. It's one of my favourite verses. Uh, It comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And it says this, it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken... And I don't know about you, I really don't, but I know that some of us this morning, because I know where you're at, I know where I'm at, we have potentially been feeling like we have been shaken at times. We have felt beaten down, worn out, you know, you may be here this morning feeling anxious or lost or whatever it might be. And if that is you this morning, I just want you to know, actually, God loves you so much, that breaks his heart. He wants the best for you. He wants to give you all the good gifts that he can. He is so protective of you. He doesn't want you to miss out on the dolphins, the incredible experience that is a life with him, because we settled to just sit there looking at our potatoes that we thought were great when we didn't even realize. He wants the best of you and he wants to give your all. He wants you to give your all into becoming a disciple because he wants you to know that peace and that joy and that life in all its fullness. That he knows he can give to you. But that only comes from a relationship with him. Now let's be honest, we're all very flawed humans. We're going to get it wrong sometimes. We're going to fall back. We're going to mess it up. We're going to put our hope in the wrong places. I do that all the time. But I think that's the beautiful thing about discipleship. That God always welcomes us back. That it's a journey. That it's not about how perfect we are, how right we get it. But it's about how good our God is. It's not about how good we are, it's about how good he was. And he's a God who always welcomes us back into a kingdom that can't be shaken. And that, that's what I want for my life. You know, as we can learn this process of apprenticing under Jesus, and it's a, it's a lifetime's worth of journey, we'll never get there. But as we get closer, as closer as we become less focused on us and more focused on him, More focus on that God who can't be shaken. You will see every single one of those chains in your life be broken, whether that is finances, whether that's mental health, whether that's physical illness. You know, whether it's uncertainty about jobs or fear or isolation or whatever it might be, we know God can break those chains. And he just says, come, he says, come to me. When you are feeling overburdened, when you are feeling weary, when you are feeling broken and you need to find that rest, come to me. And we'll go on that journey together. I'll teach you how to find that rest. Apprentice under me. Learn from me and I can show you how to unlock that peace, that contentment, that joy. Um, I was really excited to preach on this topic this morning um, because I really feel um, I've felt these words to be so true over the last few weeks. It's not something you normally share in a public forum when you're preaching. But being very honest, I have had a rubbish couple of weeks. Um, I have not been a fan of life massively over the last few weeks. I've um, had a relationship break up. I've been struggling at work and finding work really tough. Um, I run a charity and the charity I run has got some financial issues. We've had a member of staff who's just left. We've got two members of staff off sick. We're struggling to meet the demands uh, that's coming through the door. Uh, my car has been broken. I've had lots of people unhappy with me um, staffing wise because we've not got the staff we need to do our job. Uh, and I've just felt a bit under the cosh over the last couple of weeks, and I've been through periods like this before, probably where life's been difficult, and it has absolutely flawed me, and I have been broken, and I've found it really tough, and I've gone really low, I've been really anxious. But one of the things that I have really noticed over the last few weeks is I have found a truth in this week, these words. I've found a strange peace that I cannot explain. Um, and I've certainly not smashed it. I've definitely had days where I've not been doing as well at focusing on that. But I have found a peace and a contentment that I can't explain and doesn't feel right for what is going on in my life at the moment. And I've, I've seen how some of those things that I know have wrecked me before and put me really low and made me really anxious and just put me in a really bad place. They haven't shaken me. And I can see the truth in these worlds that we are inheriting a kingdom that cannot be shaken. I can see the truth of how God's story is so much better than my story. And when I focus my eyes on that and take my eyes off myself, I can start to get glimpses and I'm nowhere near there and I get it wrong on a regular basis, but I can get glimpses of that life and that life in all its fullness that God promises. You know, being a a disciple and an apprentice of Jesus, it's not going to make life easy. It's not going to take problems away. It doesn't do that. That would be false advertising if we claimed that this morning. But actually, as we travel that journey, as through our lifetimes we get closer to Jesus, as we get less of us and more of him, those things have less of an effect to knock us, less of a a power over us, less of an ability to bring us down. Um, I realise I've also just told another lie because I told you at the start we were only going to look at 11 words uh, from John chapter 8. We're actually also going to look at verse 32 if that's all right because the start of John chapter 8 says if you um, verse 31 says if you hold to my teaching you really are my disciples but verse 32 also tells us a bit more about why because when we know the truth the truth will set you free and I'll be really honest I've felt that over the last few weeks I have felt the truth in these words and you know what church I am really excited I am genuinely really excited. It's taken me a while to get there. I've also been quite nervous about all this, but I am really excited to go on that journey with this group of people. I flipping love this group of people. You lot are great. And I'm excited to go on that journey as we learn together and we get it wrong together and we get it right together. But gradually, as we're kind of doing this, we're working our way towards knowing Jesus more to having less of us and more of him. I am excited about apprenticing under Jesus as a group to learn that truth, to find that life in all its fullness, that ability to be content no matter what our circumstances are. I am so excited about that. You know, we don't want to be shaken by the things of this world. None of us here want to be shaken. What we want is we want to receive what is unshakable. And that doesn't just happen like that. It's a journey and it's a journey that we're going to go on together we want to see that life and life in all its fullness for ourselves we want to see that for each other and we want to see that for this community and that is why we're excited to be here because we want to reach out and reach this community and so when people ask us why CCM Reddish why are you planting a church why are you going to a new place to plant a new church that is why because we want to be disciples and we want to make disciples we want to bring hope to this community and we want to see people set free I think that is exciting do you think that's exciting Kids.